Welcome to Ask the Educator, a podcast brought to you by Healthmark Industries. Are you a sterile processing technician or manager? Maybe you work in infection prevention or biomedical engineering. Whether you're a frontline tech, endoscopy tech, OR nurse, or surgical services administrator, you undoubtedly have influence in medical device processing at your facility. In each episode, we speak with experts from the Healthmark Clinical Affairs team, industry leaders, or special guests from the trenches to answer your questions and bring you relevant industry information, equipping you for excellence in medical device processing. My name is Kevin Anderson, and I will be your host. Now let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Ask the Educator podcast. This is Kevin Anderson, your host, and joining me as always now, co-host Adam Okada. Thanks, Adam, as always. Of course. Happy to be here and excited for this topic today. All right. So with us today, Adam, we have uh, following our international webinar, we have Michael Matthews uh, joining us on the podcast. We're going to kind of go through a very high-level uh, view of what he covered on the webinar today. So for those of you listening later on now on the podcast, our webinars are great. They're CE approved. Go back to our website, hmark.com, and you can view past webinars. This is one I definitely recommend you get into because whether or not you're an educator or a leader or an aspiring leader, so maybe you're still a frontline technician, all of this will still be relevant to you. So definitely encourage you to see the full length uh, webinar with Mike Matthews. But otherwise, I just want to welcome you, Mike, uh, to the show. Really appreciate you being here. Well, it's my pleasure. Uh, obviously, uh, I've been around you guys quite a bit, and uh, it's always fun to hang out and chit chat. And uh, it was a real honor to be able to do the webinar. And now I'm excited to step back into the podcasting booth. Excellent. Well, we're happy to have you. And I remember, you know, one of the first times I actually met you in person was at a, well, I think back then it was an Isham conference, uh, still Isham. And we were just talking and getting to know each other a little bit. And you mentioned how, how much your just passion is really into education. And, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely come out and all the things that you do, whether it's been through agility or beyond clean or, or what have you. And obviously this is going to be a topic, uh, that's right up your alley. So, uh, you had talked about education and collaborating with educators and all of that on your webinar. So that was the main focus and reaching out to different sources and departments and vendors. So I wanted to give you the opportunity to open up by kind of discussing a little bit about why that is so important uh, for our education in SPD. I mean, there's a number of reasons. And part of it is also motivated by necessity, right? Because like you said, not everybody who's listening to this uh, is a full-time dedicated educator, right? Like that's that's kind of unique. And uh, I myself, and I know you guys, you probably feel very blessed to to do that as a career. And there are certainly in you know, in hospitals people who education is all they do. But by far, the majority of what we see is education being a shared responsibility with people who are also supervisors or managers or something of that nature. And the reality is that they've got, you know, competing priorities that they kind of have to split their, their attention and focus on. And so it makes a lot of sense to say, well, you know, if you can't come up with original stuff, which takes, you know, a lot of effort, a lot of resources, a lot of time, which you don't have, 
don't be afraid to reach out to other people. And that may be vendors, that could be other educators, you know, in the same field. It could be educators from different fields entirely, right? But the point is, is that you don't have to go it alone. Knowing that there are resources out there and there are opportunities to share best practices and share information will make that individual's life better and it will raise the quality of education that's then getting disseminated down to those frontline technicians, which is what we're really all here for anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I was a manager and that was part of my responsibilities was trying to educate the staff as well. And, um, you know, I was lucky enough again to be a hospital educator for sterile processing later in my career. But early on, that was just something that we had to do as management. It was just another one of our responsibilities. So I love that idea of kind of outsourcing it a little bit. And you don't have to reinvent the wheel for every department every single time. You can go to sources and get this information. You can have vendors come in. You know, that's an awesome way to look at it. Um, Another thing that you mentioned, and I love this sort of concept of the educator as a conduit to the information. And so you went over that in the webinar, but I'd like you to kind of give us again, like just a description of what that means to you. How does the educator provide that conduit to this information? Yeah, when you think about the complexity of the field that we work in, right? Like, I mean, there's so much stuff that could be talked about and is being developed. There's new standards, there's new research constantly flowing in to our areas. And the reality is, is that a lot of that stuff is just not, it's not designed for technicians to to digest. And so what we need then is somebody who can live in both worlds, right? Like they can interact with the researchers, they can read and they can understand kind of that high level stuff that's going on, but then they don't stop there. They take it and filter it into what is needed and important to those frontline technicians. If you've just got those two groups, you have a lot of great information that doesn't have any practical use, and you have everybody who's doing the work but lacks the information, somebody has to stand in that gap and communicate between both groups, and educators are that role. And so that's what I think of as educators as the bridge or the conduit between these two groups that really, honestly, they need each other. Yeah, I think that's a great way to describe it, Michael. And one of the things I think educators uh, specifically, especially if you are one of those in one of those unique positions where you're a full time educator, it's a lot harder when you're part time to do this. But educators need to be almost like the first ones to learn everything. They have to be primarily learners, you know, and in order to figure out how are they going to get this message across to the frontline staff who you only have a sliver of their time, you know? And so it's a, it's a really important role to play. It takes a lot of time kind of going through the information and figuring out, okay, how am I going to get this across to the, to the front line? And how am I going to get it to land? You know, cause so many times I'm sure any of us who've been in education, I'm sure Michael, you've, you've experienced this too, where you're really excited about a certain thing that you learn and you share it. And it seems like, Everyone's just either glazed over or maybe, you know, if a couple people are excited about it, but the others are still too tired from being on call last night and and didn't really get the message. All of my presentations land perfectly. I have no <laughs> clue what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I figured as much. I figured. But that brings me to the next question, though. So one issue that educators often run into is just not being able to get their message across. So can you go over some of the ideas that you mentioned about learning styles and messages that will stick with SPD professionals? 
Yeah, I mean, to your point, Kevin, uh, a lot of this in, requires exercising the empathy of the presenter, right? So the presenter has to think through what's going on in their audience's minds. And, you know, if you think about your your audience, whether, you know, assuming that's a room full of technicians, just acknowledging what's going on with them, because like you said, you know, there could be departmental issues that are going on like a huge rush of loaner instruments coming in. It's one of the main reasons I don't like doing in-services in the department because there's just too many distractions. And so if there's any way for me to be able to present in a conference room or something, like I by far need or prefer that because that there's just so many distractions that are going on. And speaking to learning styles, again, that's kind of exercising the empathy uh, where you're thinking through things through other people's perspectives. And you can't just assume that the way that you personally like to learn new information is the same for somebody else. And so understanding learning styles, understanding that, you know, there are some people who really just need hands-on, they need to touch it. And if you've got a lot of learners who they need to be hands-on, they need to touch it, you do not want to sit up there for 20 minutes going through a slideshow deck. Uh, you just don't like get them hands-on information, like put stuff in their hands. And I think a really useful tool that I've heard of a couple of full-time educators doing is requiring their technicians to take a learning style assessment test. And generally those tests take less than 20 minutes uh, it'd be a really cool thing to do with some of your like new employee onboarding because it kind of gives you a roadmap of who am I talking to and how do they learn best. And if I see that my department is like 80% of people who prefer visual learning styles, well, you know what? I'm not going to spend a lot of time you know, writing uh, stuff out and then emailing it to them. Like, no, I'm going to get in front of them physically and show them what I'm talking about. Because at the end of the day, our goal is to change behaviors or reinforce behaviors, you know, if things are already being done correctly. But if I'm going to affect that change, I have to choose the methodology that is most likely to get that message across. And that requires understanding how people hear information. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, it's such an important thing to really think about the way that others are taking in this information, right? And it's something that, you know, it's generational too. D different generations wanted to learn in different kind of ways. The older generation is probably a little bit more used to doing like a lecture style and learning in that format. This younger generation is different in that they just don't want to sit through a lecture style presentation. They want to actually get in the hands-on and understand how this thing works so they can do it. So there's a lot that goes into um, that concept of, of learning styles and, and the ways that people can get this information. So I wanted to give you just one last opportunity, anything you want to leave the audience with as far as collaboration for education that you think is important uh, for them to understand and know. Yeah, I, I personally like the idea of when you have like a, a local conference or an educational event, and especially when you've got like multiple vendors who are presenting or multiple presenters, I think there's a huge missed opportunity for somebody to say, instead of here's five separate presentations of on five random topics, and hopefully people pick up little pieces of information uh, from each of them, to instead kind of act as a coordinator between those various speakers and say, 
What is everybody talking about? Is it telling the same message? And how can each speaker reinforce what the previous speakers have said? Because when the audience hears things multiple times from multiple different people, that increases the likelihood of it being remembered. And uh, this kind of clicked with me actually uh, about a year ago when I was presenting at a local HSPA uh, conference and uh, I was speaking on the topic of surgical instrument inspection, one of my favorite topics. And But the presenter right before me was actually Sharon, uh, Sharon Rojo uh, from Healthmark. And he spoke on laparoscopic insulation uh, inspection. So using your insulation inspector, which is actually part of my presentation as well. Now, there's two ways you could think about that. Like one is to get really defensive and be like, oh, no, they're, they're you know, encroaching on my territory. Like, no, that's a terrible way to think about things. Instead, what I said to the audience was, I'm going to start talking about this. You've already heard it once from Sharon, but I want you to understand that if you've got two different vendors who are telling you the exact same thing, that should be your clue that what we're talking about is really, really important. And of course, laparoscopic insulation inspection is really, really important. So, there's opportunity for presenters to kind of piggyback on each other's ideas to really drive home certain messages that we want the audience to really take home, take back to their departments and utilize. And I would love to see more instances like that where there is a single piece of, of, of communication that's coming from five different sources at a single conference. That's a great spot to wrap everything up at, uh, Michael. We appreciate uh, your time and your expertise and some of those tips that you shared. I, I can speak for Healthmark. I know, you know, doing College of Clean or the Science of Reprocessing, these are, you know, anywhere between four and six hour programs that we put together. We do try and coordinate efforts there. And it is much easier when it's, you know, us as a single entity doing that. But you make a a, a great point. You know, when you're doing uh, a weekend chapter meeting with multiple presenters to be able to try and coordinate efforts and and really kind of do some overlap and, and building upon some of the foundation from the earlier presentations, I think uh, that is a tremendous opportunity. And I think one that you know, maybe we all could get a little bit better at when it comes to planning these educational events. So really appreciate that idea. And uh, that's probably one that, you know, maybe we could all work at going into the future. But thanks again, Michael. Really appreciate your time. Thanks, Adam. And uh, for those of you listening on the podcast, please remember to subscribe and look out for any future of our international webinars. Uh, I'm sure you'll find something there valuable to you, whether in the future or the past webinars that you can uh, view later. Thanks again and have a great rest of your day. All opinions expressed on this show are those of the presenters. Before using any medical device, it is important to review the device manufacturer's instructions for use.